Kelly here with Smith Sisters Bluegrass, and you're listening to the David Bowers Awards. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary one. Welcome aboard for another hour of music and conversation. Very special show for you today. And uh, as those of you who listen regularly will know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we played a song by the Smith Sisters with the Sunday Drivers, and uh, it was about Alzheimer's, and it was from the victim's perspective, the victim's point of view, and the response was so overwhelming. Although I had spoke at the time that we would like to get the girls on the show, we didn't know for sure whether we'd be able to do that or not. Well, as it turns out, with your overwhelming response and wanting that to happen, we have managed to do that. We have the Smith sisters joining us today, along with a couple of other special guests, and we will talk more about them as time allows. Right now, I want to take a moment to say hello to John Bon Jovial and see how you're doing this week down there in Florida. Well, good day, sir. Another day here in paradise. Uh, Still six months later, recovering from Hurricane Ian, but things really are going quite well. We've had a pretty good tourist season, all things considered. Uh, Easter, as we are recording this show, Easter was yesterday, and it's just the weirdest thing. And I've observed this year after year after year. You know, we're inundated with snowbirds, as you are there in Tempe. And Easter will come along, and it's like they have a group meeting. All the snowbirds get together in mass and have this group meeting. Hey, it's Easter. We got to go. And they do. <laughs> it's just the, thing, the transition. The transition from road rage to ah, as you're driving along. <laughs> takes about three or four days. It's the most uncanny thing that I've ever seen, and I don't know how to explain it other than they must get together and have a meeting and say, yeah, okay, we had a great time. We're out of here. We'll see you next fall. Well, I spent many years in Florida myself, so I am aware of what you're talking about, and yeah, it is absolutely true. You you would believe that there was a plot there somewhere, but I'm glad to see that. Yeah, right. Or, I know. I'm glad to hear that everything is going well settling down to your normal summertime routine with the, uh, you know, the lack of the tourists, but no lack of uh, riding-sized mosquitoes and all the other crazies. I was reading where you've got, uh, uh, I saw a picture where it was uh, back to the alligators crossing alligator alley interrupting traffic. And uh, also there's a story about uh, you're being invaded by uh, uh, python, is it pythons? Some some snake invasion. Yeah, the Bur- the Burmese pythons have yes. actually been an invasive species here for oh easily uh, twenty five years. Uh, they're not sure of the source. All the speculation is uh, back in nineteen ninety two when Hurricane Andrew hit the area, it literally destroyed the uh, Miami uh, Serpentarium, uh, and mm. they had quite a few of these Burmese pythons there. And they got out. 
and uh, they say, hey, we like this environment, and they reproduce like crazy. And, <laughs> yeah, and now the, uh, the Florida Department of Fish and Game uh, is saying, is acknowledging that it's completely out of control, that they'll never be able to eradicate them completely, but hopefully can slow them down some. Uh, it really is a serious problem. The Everglades are in big, big trouble because of this. And I read just over the weekend that uh, there's another invasion of some kind of uh, some kind of ants that are very predatory. Uh, I was reading about that over the weekend. I don't know if you caught that or not, but uh, they're supposedly invading down there too. It's a it's very interesting. You get the tourist invasion, but they go home, and then you get these other creatures that just come and stay. And uh, that could not, that could be a very unpleasant situation. Anyway, go ahead and yeah, I've heard about that, that too. I have not encountered them myself, but you know, it, look for us. You know, we 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 enjoy ourselves. Uh, the the environment is great, and uh, you know, so uh, Florida. You know, we're we're still here. <laughs> well, good thing. Get stuff ready for the ride there, John Bon Jovial, because our guests are standing by, and we're going to get moving right along to bring them in here, play some music and uh, share this this special show with our listeners. want to take a second to thank our uh, special friends, including the official house band of the David Bowers Awards, and that would be Titty Bingo from Texas. Good old Texas rock and rollers. Check them out online, tittybingo.com. They have a, a crazy, wild and crazy website that you uh, definitely should check out as well as Check out their music because I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna find some music there that you love. That's Titty Bingo, the official house band of the David Bowers Awards. And we also want to salute our friends at Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ FM 106.3, including Steve Litback, whose rock and roll rumble show follows the David Bowers Awards on Saturdays on Rochester Free Radio. And after Steve comes. Armand Spins, and Armand is uh, something of a legend uh, like John Bon Jovial. Uh, he's a legend in Rochester, New York. If you ever get out that way, you definitely want to look up Armand at the House of Guitars, because in addition to being a guitar center, uh, the House of Guitars is virtually a museum. It's a legend in the city, and uh, believe me, anybody that is anybody in rock music if they've been in Rochester, they've been in the House of Guitars, and they've got the stuff to prove it because they have all kinds of memorabilia by music stars in the House of Guitars. Check them out. You'll be glad you did. It's a it's a fun stop, and you will really enjoy it. I guarantee it. John Bon Jovial, are you ready to rock and roll? I am ready to uh, just lay it all out there and let the cards fall where they may today. All righty. This is the song that we're playing next that we played two weeks ago that everybody just loved and wanted to hear again, wanted to hear about from the artist. And believe me, we have the artist here. We have Harolyn Black to talk about her husband who wrote the song. We're going to tell you how it came together. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Our guests are going to tell you. And then we have another special guest, Sharon Leah, who will be joining us a little later in the show with some more special information. Plus, 
We're going to tease you a little bit because we're going to play a little bit of her next release, which hasn't been released yet, but we're going to give you a snippet. We're going to give you a little bit of it in advance. Right now, get ready to talk to Kelly Lewis of Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers, and here is the song we're talking about, Somewhere Out There. tell you how that 
that song grabs me when I listen to it, and I know it does uh, many other people, not the least of which is my co-host, John Bon Jovial. We have the girls here right now, and we're going to bring them in. First, we're going to bring in Kelly Lewis of Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers, and then we'll uh, also introduce you to Harolyn Black. So let's bring Kelly in here right now. Kelly, come on in and say hello. Hi there, you guys. How are you doing? Well, we're doing just fine, and we're so glad you could join us here today. Uh, I know at the time that I played this song a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't talked with you about possibly doing the show around that song, but we're so glad you were able to fit it into your schedule and also get us a couple of special guests, one of whom I'd like to introduce right now, and that is Harolyn Black. Come on in here, Harolyn, and say hello also. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, so glad you could join us here today, too. And I'm going to kind of turn this over to you, Kelly, because you have the you have the story. You know how the song came to be, and we'll talk more with Harolyn about that. And you can tell us kind of how the, how the song came to be part of your repertoire, how Butch reached out to you. And well, go ahead, just tell the folks how it all came together. Okay. Well, about four years ago, I'm going to say, um, roughly, she, he, he reached out to me. Um, he had heard us, I think, on a radio show. I'm not sure which one, but he had heard my sister and I sing, and he, he said, I think you guys would do a great job on one of my songs that I, that I wrote. Um, he sent me a private message. And I, I, at the time, we were, Wendy and I were both involved in, you know, other recordings. We were um, I think we had two projects at the time, and we just couldn't do it. But I, I, I told him to send me the song and that, you know, I'd listen to it and I'd get back to him. Well, I listened to the song, and I was like, oh, I, I like the song, you know. Um, what Actually, what he sent was a, um, a recording of him. He was singing, well, not singing, he was speaking over a, a audio track. And okay. it sounded like, you know, it sounded like maybe he had some throat problems or something like that. I wasn't quite sure. But anyway, so he ends up sending me the song. I like the, the tune and I like the lyrics because that's what really what I was listening to. And I told him that, you know, yes, we would love to record it, but that, you know, we're in the middle of uh, a couple of projects and we couldn't do it right now. And I didn't know, you know, how long it would be until we could record it. But I said, you know, we, we, of course, we'd love to do it for you, you know. So I kind of, like, left it open-ended. Well, so he ends up, so, so that's that's how we ended that, that conversation. And then I think it was, I, I'm not sure exactly the time frame I'm not real good with, but basically I ended up seeing a post that he had passed away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we didn't get the song recorded in time, you know, I mean, I didn't even know that I didn't know really what was what his situation was, but he he had cancer, and um, long story short, yeah, he he ended up having his uh, he had throat cancer and he had his larynx removed. That's why he spoke instead mm-hmm. of singing, and mm-hmm. and he told me too that he wanted to have the song recorded and played mm-hmm. on the radio, and. So, you know, that was what all that I really knew. Well, then I believe it was Harolyn. She she posted a uh, something saying that, that he had passed away, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, we didn't do it. And 
So it's been really like heavy on my heart to, you know, sure. I, when I make a promise, I want to fulfill it. And so, um, you know, I, I then was like determined, but of course, again, we were involved in other projects and couldn't, couldn't record it. But I reached out to Harold and I told her that I promise you, <laughs> we are going to record this, you know? And so, um, this last year was the time that we were able to record it. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but my, um, you know, when he sent me the song, I didn't really understand the song. Like, I wasn't sure what perspective it was coming from. Um, but, you know, I later found out that it was basically coming from the perspective of a woman with Alzheimer's. And right. that it was meant for for people who, you know, for the caregivers, that that's why he wrote it. Because his um, heroines, I may be getting this wrong, but heroines... Um, Mom had, or yes. yeah, I think Harolyn's right. Okay, Harolyn's mom had had um, Alzheimer's, and also Butch's sister had Alzheimer's, and two so, sisters. Okay, two sisters. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, so you know, but at the time when when we were finally ready to record it, my mom had we we had actually kind of stopped doing music for um, 18 months because my mom had Alzheimer's and I was basically her main caregiver. I, I cared for her during the week and then my sisters and my brother um, took over on the weekends. So, um, you know, when the, when the time came to where we were finally ready to record it, then I understood, you know, after talking to Harlan, what the meaning of the song was. And I was like, oh my gosh. So then, you know, we went into the recording studio and it was like, I, I completely connected. I mean, I felt like, I felt like I, like Harolyn was in the room with us. I mean, not Harolyn, like Butch was in the room with us and, and my mom was in the room with me um, because our mom had actually passed away um, in January of last year. So that's kind of how, how the story went. And, um, and, you know, through this, I ended up meeting Harolyn and, you know, through, through text messages and then we talked and all of that. So, yeah, that's kind that of must, how. That must have ahead. really, I, I can understand where you felt the, you know, actually the feeling of guilt for not having gotten it done in time. And I can understand how that the whole situation had to, had to have hit you like a ton of bricks. And I, I salute you for being able to get through it and turn around and, and actually go in and do the recording and come out with the the tremendous recording you came out with. And, uh, and so far, up to now, at least you know that it has made it. You finished it, you presented it, and we've gotten it on the air. We know it was on the air at least once, and I'm sure a lot more than that. And, Harolyn, we thank you for coming and joining us. And I I was just curious if you could tell us a little more about your husband. I know he had uh, he had quite a career. He did. He had been an entertainer since he was 15 years old. He started uh, uh, just loved to sing, loved music, and he grew up during the period of the old time rock and roll and Elvis and, and everyone. So he began learning their songs and singing, and they began to invite him to sing at competitions, and so he. One of his first most important gigs, he sang on stage with Bobby Bear in Dallas, Texas at the oh, wow. the uh, Big D Jamboree. 
and he just progressed from there. He uh, went through high school entertaining at parties and things. Then he joined the Army after high school and went to Germany. He had a band over there in the Army. And uh, and we met when I was 16 years old, and he was a little bit, he was two years older than me. And then after we came back from Germany, we connected and uh, and started dating and eventually married. So uh, he continued and uh, played music throughout, always had a band. And then in uh, 1984, he was invited to be the host entertainer on a riverboat uh, cruise dinner cruise here in Dallas and he was on that for seven years until uh, he was diagnosed with throat cancer and it was a very volatile throat cancer and very quickly they operated and removed his larynx and vocal cords but Butch being a singer uh, he said he remembered when he was a child laying in bed late at night practicing (laughs) and laryngectomies uh, they either used some sort of tool to speak or the mm-hmm. burp talk, which is very right. difficult. Well, he learned it so well, 90% of the people that met him had no clue that oh he was a laryngectomy. Yeah. So uh, he, went, he continued to write songs and be involved with the music industry and became friends with a lot of DJs, trying to get his, his songs played. And uh, then... Alzheimer's struck our family. My mother first. Uh, she came to live with us, lived with us about seven months, and then we eventually had to put her in a memory care. And then shortly after that, both of his sisters were taken down with Alzheimer's. Gosh. And it just broke his heart. He was That's just, true. he just couldn't quite grasp the whole thing. And usually that's how Butch wrote a song. It would really slap him up upside the side of the head or hit his heart, mm-hmm. and he would go and sit down and write a song. I and uh, that. that's what he did. He wrote this. He originally wrote it uh, as it was coming from a man who was talking about his wife coming to visit. But he decided, you know what, I may not be able to get a man to sing this. Maybe it's going to be a woman. So he wrote the, the, the lyrics two ways, to be a woman or a man. And so he discovered Kelly. And he said, mm-hmm. and, sister and he came yeah, to me and told me, he said, I found someone I want to sing my song. And, uh, and he told me all about her. I listened to her sing. I said, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, we just didn't know. He had, he had lived 28 years following his throat cancer. And mm-hmm. then he was stricken with melanoma. Uh, and that's what took him. And it was a very quick, it took quickly. And you're talking about his throwbacks and having come up through the early years of rock and roll and everything. And then telling the rest of the story reminds me of another tie-in to the golden era of rock and roll. And that was, if you remember, back in the 50s, it started uh, to a large degree where there would be cover copies of songs a uh, song that a girl did, a man would do the cover copy, or the other way around. So uh, he actually carried on that tradition too. That was uh, yeah. that's really amazing. John Bon Jovial, you're sitting there very patiently. I know you'd like to get into the conversation. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. Um, ladies, good day. It's wonderful to have you here, um, Harold. And I want to uh, just 
congratulate you on having such a wonderful husband. He, uh, you know, he wrote a song that pretty much has struck home with me, and I had debated whether or not I was going to talk about, you know, my personal life on the air or or not. But somewhere out there, really uh, struck a chord with me. My wife, unfortunately, uh, suffers from dementia with Lewy bodies, and uh, that's L E W Y for you folks out there that want to look it up. It's very aggressive. It's heartbreaking. Uh, essentially, I watched the love of my life, you know, fade away. And uh, the analogy that I that I use, and, and maybe there's a little bit of uh, comedic offset because it's, you know, sometimes the only way I can keep my sanity. What is happening to my wife is, if you remember in the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, when Hal the computer, you know, gets all re- rebellious and Dave goes in there and starts pulling out all the modules, and Hal starts slowing down and becoming childlike. That's pretty what, pretty much what's happening to my wife. So as a caregiver, as her primary caregiver, um, I understand this way too well. And, uh, you know, when I'm around her, when, when I'm around my kids, you know, I am the proverbial male pillar of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. when I get to be by myself, uh, is not always the best thing because more than once I've broken down. And, uh, you know, it's an awful thing. It's an insidious thing. It's happening to way too many people, you know, not just Americans, but Canadians and Lithuanians and all over, over the world. world. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. the fact that the, that there just has not been the money put forward to the research to try to, if not slow it down, to stop it, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe someday, please God, it could be reversed. But, uh, you know, it's a tough thing. There, 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 there's no doubt about it. So your husband is way, way up there on my respect list for for having written this song. And for well, thank you writing for it in the perspective with which he wrote it, I he it I, I would I I wish he was still around because I would really like to sit down and have a beer with him. Well, he would <laughs> enjoy that, I'll tell you. And, <laughs> and having had my mom in in the home with us, uh, that's the most difficult because she was healthy as could be, and it's just the mental the mind had gone. And, uh, oh, yeah, one my of the... wife is strong as a bull. I mean, it's un- oh, unbelievable yeah. how strong she is. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it's just, she's just a shell of what she used to be. I mean, uh, it, you know, Dave and, and uh, he has known, you know, Jan for, you know, years oh, yeah. and years and years. And, and, yeah. and he, he, you know, he knows what she was like. We grew up in Lone Pine back yeah. in the 80s. And uh, yeah. that's right. You were, yeah. you were almost newlyweds at the time. I think you were. What? You'd been married three, four years by then. I know it. No, been maybe about long, a year, a, a year, a year and a half. We'd been married when, yeah, when you'd met her. Yeah. You know, and mm. uh, John and his wife are like, they're like parts of parts of my own family. I mean, uh, John's a, one of my brothers, and uh, Jan, I'm not sure if she's a if she's a uh, sister-in-law or a sister, but. Uh, they're like they're like family <laughs> to me. I did want to ask on another subject, uh, getting off of the subject just a little bit. It's a point that I did want to bring out, Harold. I I heard that Butch was on America's Most Wanted. He was. <laughs> Would you like to hear that little brief story? Yes, yes, we definitely. He got called. Would. He got called for an audition, 
and they said uh, to wear he did an Elvis tribute on the the, the Texas Queen Riverboat and he had a beautiful like costume like and, and he was he was very good at it very good <laughs> so he did a lot of weddings and things but he was called for audition and and he just laughed and said okay I'll go so he went and he came home that afternoon and he said honey I won't get this part. He said, I walked in a room. There's like 200 guys in there. They're about 20 years old, and they're skinny and can sing. And he said, I'll walk in. I'm in my late 40s. I'm a little chunky. My suit's a little tight. And he said, they'll never call me. By the next morning, they had him on the phone. He's the oldest they want and he oh, paid the bill. Exactly. There was a guy that had a band and was traveling and entertaining all over the United States. But after his gig was over, he was raping women. Oh, and so my husband got the part. And they flew him out to Tucson, Arizona. And he did the show, uh, filmed it for a week, and they caught the guy. Amazing. I've got to say, too, that he, he was a really good actor. <laughs> Harlan sent me the video. And, I mean, seriously, he was really good. Not only could he sing, but really good. I'm so. going to have to look that up, see if I could find that episode. I would really love to see that. That That is quite a uh, story, Harold. Thank you for sharing that and uh, all of your, in, of, your uh, of your story with us. It's uh, really a pleasure being able to talk to you and share, you know, your memories with Butch and getting to know the man behind the song because it is an incredible song. And especially thank you for bringing out how he decided to do the song and do it in a from the female perspective, which really blows me away. I mean, we mm-hmm. men do not always have a complete feeling for understanding women. I mean, you know, the old joke, men just don't understand women. Well, you wonder, you know, how much can you really understand? But he had an insight he had an insight to the woman's perspective that I don't know if you had ever noticed it before then, but you had to feel it when he wrote that song. Oh, I did. He wrote many songs. He wrote one especially for me. We were married 51 years. Congratulations. And uh, when Kelly called me and asked me to, uh, had he written other songs, I crawled under the bed and drug his little suitcases out and and compiled them and alphabetized, out, out, put them alphabetically. And he had written 62 songs that he left behind for me. Mm. So oh I have those treasures. Amazing. Harlan, I want to thank you so much for taking time to come and join us here today. Kelly, you know you're always welcome as well on the show. We're always glad to see you. And we do have another special guest, as I said at the top of the show, coming up. We did want to play another song from uh, from the Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers, and I admit that I went in and picked out one of my personal favorites, which I believe you introduced on the show the last time you were on. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, here are the Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers with If You Love Me.
Smith sisters and the Sunday drivers. And again, yes, that, uh, you know, I, I love their music. I love their harmonies. And if you came to me and asked me what my favorite song by the Smith sisters was, I would be very hard pressed to single out one, but this would have to be one of the top ones on the list of considerations. And, uh, we are really glad to have Kelly here with us and Harolyn. And we have another guest we're going to be introducing in just a few moments. We have Miss Sharon Leah with us. And uh, she's going to be talking about a women's cause that she works and uh, Kelly is working with her on. And we're going to bring Sharon on in just a bit. As I promised at the top, we are going to play a snippet of a song that Sharon has coming up. She's agreed to let us play this. And we want you to hear a little bit of her un next unreleased single. As a matter of fact, in talking with Sharon, she's not even sure that it's in the final form yet. But this is going to be real close. So we want you to listen to a little bit of Sharon Leah and I Will Wait. Right back to work and 
We planned our, our charitable music festival. We were in the studio prior to him getting sick. And then when he got home, he really did want to start picking up where we left off. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, but we've been working on this album that's, that we're about to release um, probably over two years now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the music festival that I was alluding to takes up an enormous amount of our time. And we, it's all volunteer. It's 100% volunteer on our part, but we work it like a regular job. And, you know, so and we had some other things going on, so um, some family things and, you know, good stuff, like really good stuff. Well, that's and, good. Um, and I'm glad you know, to hear so, that. Yeah, so, I mean, we we've, uh, we just took actually like a little bit of a break after our festival in October um, to sort of pause and uh, and regroup and regather and decompress because it just it was just a, an enormous uh, undertaking and we didn't really come up for air uh, until like late January and then you know, I've been working on the album of course I've been designing the uh, the, the artwork and the graphics for everything. And it just, it's really a lot of work. <laughs> we put in a, we wear all the hats. So I know what you mean. I'm, I'm really so glad that her. you guys are, I'm so glad that you guys are recovering. I know that you're probably still recovering a little bit there, but I'm so glad to hear that you're back to the point where you feel comfortable getting out there and getting back in the groove again. And I want to bring in, uh, I want to bring in Kelly from Smith Sisters here, if I can, for just a second. Kelly, you still with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Kelly. (laughs) We're besties, by the way. (laughs) I can tell. Absolutely. I I heard from Kelly, and when we were putting this show together, she asked me if it was all right if she invited you to join us, and I said, absolutely. We know Sharon. She's an old friend of ours. Bring her along. Tell us, Kelly, why you wanted to have Sharon join us. Well, uh, she actually is the founder of a a, a nonprofit called uh, Ladies Who Rock for a Cause. And um, I'll let her tell you a little bit about that. But we're putting on another festival. This is, I think, the sixth year. And um, so, you know, I thought, well, now is a great time to start talking about it. And so I figured, you know, she would be a perfect person. And we're in constant communication. We're both musicians. We met each other uh, through the Grammys about six years ago, and we've been friends ever since. Um, I went to her festival last year, and I'm an ambassador. And um, so I just thought it would be a great opportunity. I think it's tremendous. And uh, Sharon, is this the festival to which you were referring when you were speaking to us here? Yes. Yes, and Kelly's a great she's a great ambassador. Uh, I love her energy, and you know we can't do this alone. These things, you know, it, uh, you need a team, you know, and um, and she's right. We've been friends. You know, she's one of my best. She's one of my best friends, and uh, yeah. So it's Ladies Who Rock for Cause, uh, uh, Ladies Foundation, and um, and yeah. And it was it was amazing last year. So I heard maybe, reports maybe, to that. Oh, I was gonna, I was going to say maybe maybe Sharon, you could tell a little bit about about Ladies Who Rock for Cause and what what it does. Well, sure. Um, 
So, I mean, basically the short story is I founded Ladies Who Rock for Cause um, from the passion I have for music and fighting for my voice uh, and overcoming a lot of things and merging that passion and that belief in following my dreams with also helping people. And there's like a whole long story as to why. But the short of it is that I just want to help people, and I really felt called to merge my passion for music with helping people. And uh, during my battle with breast cancer in 2015, 2014 into 2015, um, I got to work and uh, I, I put on our first Ladies to Rock for Cause Music Festival. It was an indoor event. And, you know, I dreamed of growing it bigger and bigger. And we did one the next year. We did a prom to remember. Then we had another festival, and then I finally worked up to 2018 having an outdoor music festival, which was so amazing. Unfortunately, I had an accident um, and a brain injury, and, you know, that put us really uh, at, a, at a loss. So I took a break, and then COVID happened. So we came back in 2021 with a virtual music festival, which was wonderful because we were able to bring artists from around the world, David, that I'm sure you know, like Leah we were able to have her and Catherine Shipley and Michelle Lee, and uh, we had a, a couple of Grammy-winning artists that were joining us. Um, we were able to really, you know, bring this festival that so many women have been a part of already. Uh, and and to just to you know, the title kind of says it all, but just in case, <laughs> it's all uh, female-led bands. Right. And it's really to women, you know, not everyone who's a musician who wants to help people can also run out and just start a 501c3 or have the time, you know. But so for me, it makes me really happy to be able to provide a platform for women to use their voice to help other women. So it's ladies lifting ladies. And then, of course, the mission of Ladies Who Rock for Cause is to help our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, overcome those life-changing circumstances that hit you in the gut that you're not prepared for those critical moments. And there's nobody doing this. Um, Not that you would ever know anything about those life-changing situations. Yeah. (laughs) It started with the loss of my sister, to be honest, when she was 26. Sorry. So, you you know, definitely turned it into something. Uh, Now this is ladies who rock for a cause. How does a listener find information or connect with the group? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you could go to Ladies Who Rock For A Cause. That's the number four. So ladieswhorockforacause.org. We are now at 501C3. Um, and we're on Facebook. We have a website. Um, you know, you can donate. You can sponsor. You can be a friend of the festival. Uh, last year, we had Taylor Dane and Tiffany and Jennifer Page. Um, and some amazing um, emerging music, you know, music artists. Um, we're really easy to find. Uh, you start typing ladies <laughs> who rock. And gotcha. It's, it's, like, it's like a rap sheet now. It's, it's really, it's good. It's good stuff. Well, there you go, listeners. Ladies who rock for a cause. 
And if you have any trouble finding it, you drop me a line at david at thedavidbowers.com, and I will be certain to point you in the right direction to these these uh, wonderful ladies who are really, really doing such a tremendous job. And I salute you, Sharon. As, uh, as you alluded, not everybody can do this. It's a tremendous undertaking. And from all that I heard about the last one, the next one is one to look forward to. So uh, we will definitely be following that. You keep us posted on what's going on there because we want to hear about it, and uh, we'll help you. We'll help you spread the word too. I also, I kind of teased our listeners, and I don't know because I did not tell you that I was going to tease the listeners with that snippet of your song. Uh, I did not tell you that we are actually going to play the entire song for the listeners. So I hope you're not going to file a lawsuit or anything. But the listeners, oh, we happy. teased you. <laughs> We teased you with that snippet of the song, wanted you to hear a little bit of it before we talk to Sharon, but we're going to close the show today with the complete version of I Will Wait. And John Bon Jovial, before we do that, I know you want to get in here and uh, and have something to say. Yeah, well, I love that name, the, you know, Ladies Who Rock. I mean, rock for a cause. I mean, that is just that's Sharon. That is fantastic. It really is. And and from a a, a purely ulterior motive, selfish kind of a request, if you will. Uh, okay. Once this once the festival takes place, will we at the David Bowers Awards be able to get our hands on any of this live recording that we can maybe play on our air and and, uh. and promote your organization? I would love that. And so to answer that succinctly, uh, we'll need volunteers to come record it. We, we need some volunteers to, uh, to get their cameras. And we're, we're going to work on that this year. Uh, you right, Kelly? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In our spare time. <laughs> in our spare time. Uh, in the meantime, PBS did just do a little, uh, a little segment. And uh, we also have a video on YouTube that you can grab and share now. It's on Sharon Leah Band because I'm the founder, and so it's you know it's one of the videos on my sure uh, on my channel. But you you know feel free to share that. And uh, and I I thank you for your interest and your time. And and a shout out to Kelly. Absolutely. <laughs> and a shout out to Kelly from us for having helped us put this down. I say helped us. Kelly, you did all the work. All I did was make up the log sheet and put things in order here. Thank you <laughs> so much for making this happen. It's been a wonderful oh, yeah, experience, absolutely. Uh, a, a beautiful show, and uh, we want to thank Harolyn Black for joining us and sharing her stories and the story of her husband and how the song came to be. Kelly, for you and uh, Wendy sharing somewhere out there with us, and uh, also for joining us here on the show today and helping to produce it. And Sharon, to you too. Thank you all so very much for being on the David Bowers Awards. We appreciate your help, your consideration. We love you girls, and we look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh, your keeping in touch with us. Well, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And you know, you guys are like family to us. So um, we love you guys. And thanks for having us on. You're very welcome. And uh, we make and, a cute, uh, we make a cute family photo. Yes, absolutely. 
Now, that is, that's definitely like, something like I think we'd all huge. like to see. <laughs> all in consistent T-shirts. I think you guys are going to have to come uh, you know, to the festival. I can see that, photo, that, that photograph, too, the concept of it. Uh, the format being much like uh, the old Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, and uh, just, yes. just, just that, that that devil may care. Okay, we're going to pose, but we're not going to really pose because <laughs> that's, we're just too cool to pose, even though we're posing. Right? <laughs> Is it imposing? I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, well it's it been has, great. You- it has. It has. And we thank you, girls, for making it that way. It's really been a pleasure, and we reiterate what we've said in the past. You're always welcome here. Our stage door is always open for you, and we look forward to having it. Matter of fact, Sharon, when you get the album done, you can come back and preview it. Would love to. Thanks. We'll count on that then. We'll we'll pencil you in for whenever you get done, and we can get it on the schedule. And Kelly, we'll... Uh, Always look forward to having you and Wendy join us, and uh, because Wendy's the queen of cool, by the way. For those of you who didn't yes. know that, I uh, I <laughs> crowned Wendy the queen of cool. So uh, keep that in mind. And Harolyn, you're just a very special person, and we are so glad to have gotten the chance to meet you. I'm not sure if she's still on here, but we love oh. you, Harolyn. We love you, Harolyn. We love you. And love you all. So Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. It was our pleasure. Thank you again, girls. We're going to wrap it up now and put it to bed for this week. A great show, and we look forward to having all of you come back and see us again. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Sharon Leah with the complete song, her next release, I Will Wait.
Karen Leah. I Will Wait. That is from her upcoming album. In addition to releasing this as a single, it will be on her next album entitled Expanse. Look for that coming very soon. And uh, who knows, it might be coming soon to the David Bowers Awards. We'll let you know. Keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, all for joining us. Uh, Kelly and, of course, your sister Wendy, the Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers, Harolyn Black and Sharon Leah. Thank you all for joining us on what has been a very special show. We are indebted to you for making it special. John Bon Jovial, take us home. Thank you, David. Uh, but before we go, I just wanted to make a quick mention of our good friends at Anchor FM. Anchor FM is a podcast place, you know, much like so many of the other podcast vendors around. But the difference between them and the others is that at the end of this episode and at the end of every single The David Bowers Awards episode on Anchor FM, you'll find a link that will enable you to make a donation to the cause of indie music. And there's an explanation for it there. And if you could consider doing that, we would really be grateful so we can help out indie artists in addition to doing this podcast on a weekly basis. So whether it's a dollar, ten dollars, five dollars, whatever you could do, we would really be grateful. Folks, you've done it again. You spend another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we really are very grateful for your presence each and every single week. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and we are available for free on most of the major streaming services. You know, I also forgot to mention that uh, half of this uh, institution also originates from Tempe, Arizona, you know, the Valley of the Sun out there in the beautiful desert southwest. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards, Saturday on WRFC-FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial in Rochester, New York, otherwise known as Rochester Free Radio at noon Eastern. And then on the next day, on Sunday, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers Hop along, Sarcassity. I don't know why I keep mentioning him. The guy never shows up for work. And all of our crew of radio morons, this is the legendary John Bon Jovial saying be good to each other and just, you know, love makes the world go round. Let's keep it that way. We'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. <laughs>